Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 28. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and make the magic happen, a man who is both out of his head and out of his mind, Mr. Jason Solanas. But I'm in the... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Why? Oh, why? Why? So I can bleep it. Ugh. I don't even know how we're going to do that one, but... If you love Cigar City Radio, and we really hope that you do, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We encourage you to leave a review in the iTunes store and share the show with your friends. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Cigar City Radio, and you can email us at CigarCityRadio at gmail.com. Cigar City Management and Cigar City Radio are proud to support autism awareness by participating in the 2017 Autism Speaks Walk Tampa Bay. As part of the Dreams for David team, we are working to raise funds to support research and medical discovery and to help fund local services through the mission of Autism Speaks. Together, we can accomplish amazing things for people living with autism. You can donate to support the Dreams for David team or by joining us for the Autism Speaks Walk Tampa Bay on April 22nd at Raymond James Stadium. For more info, head to CigarCityManagement.com slash autism. Our guests on this episode are Miles Zuniga and Tony Scalzo from Fastball, famous for their 1998 platinum breakthrough album, All the Pain Money Can Buy, which spawned Grammy-nominated top five hit The Way and top ten hit Out of My Head. Their new album, Step Into Light, is out May 19th, and the first single from that record, I Will Never Let You Down, is out now. Also, starting in May, Fastball is hitting the road with fellow 90s chart toppers Everclear and Vertical Horizon. Get tour dates and more info at fastballtheband.com. And last but not least... Big shout out to Hillary Kaufman and Robert Watts from the band These Fine Moments, who not only hosted the entire Cigar City management team during our stay at South by Southwest, but also hosted this interview in their home. We had a blast chatting with Miles and Tony from Fastball in a very cozy dining room, surrounded by guitars, of course, because that's how Robert and Hillary do it. So here it is, episode 28. So this is our last day, actually, in Austin, last day at South by Southwest. And who better to close out the week with than a longtime staple of the Austin music scene, Fastball. You know, so we're hanging out with uh, with Miles and Tony from Fastball right now. And you guys have are you are you both from Austin or? Well, I'm from Southern California originally, and I moved here in 93 where we soon formed a band after that. And then you've done... I, I'm from Laredo. Okay, so pretty close. On the border. By. Close enough. Yeah. I mean, it's very different. I, I can only imagine. Very yeah. different. Yeah, I don't think there's any place like Austin. This is actually our first time here in Austin, so we've been a little overwhelmed by the amount of cool things to see and the amount of barbecue to be eaten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never seen so much meat in one place. It's it's really incredible. Yeah. It's like this the city of butchers. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't really think of it that way. But barbecue is definitely a, a thing down yeah. here. Yeah, it's definitely a staple, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people lo- love it. Like, Texas Monthly always has a barbecue issue and then a hamburger issue. Cool. Like, devotes a whole <laughs> issue to <laughs> They do. Every year. I'm, I bet it's one of the best-selling issues uh, yeah, is, I like, where to get the best burger and where to get... The best barbecue, and I, I'm like, you know, it's just meat. It's, 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 it, it is. It's just smoked meat. <laughs> it's really hard to screw up. Smoke I mean, it uh, lo- slow and uh, low, uh, and I th- don't think you can lose. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, so you guys came here to Austin, formed the band in about 93, 94, around there? 94. 94. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was the scene like back then? What was it like to be in Austin in 1994 and it play was, music? Well, it was fun. I'm... Like I said, I came from Southern California. Mm-hmm. There wasn't as much going on uh, as far as like, you know, real ambition, you know, but a lot because of that, there was a, a lot more artful, artful music, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and there, what was great about living here, I thought, was that when 
you're in LA and the big bands come through. It's like a weekend and they're all on the weekend. And, and here like bigger bands would come through during like Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Sure. Yeah. Cause they're stopping in uh-huh, on the way to like emos else. or, yeah. uh, we had a place called the electric lounge where we used to play, which is now a giant skyscraper. Oh, and, man. uh, it was just, and there was lots of styles and everybody played together. Like you could be playing with a rockabilly band and your music is more like, you know, punk or, you know, even metal bands and punk bands played together back in 93, 94. That's cool. Um, I moved here in 84. Right. Oh, okay. So it's always been great for music here. Like cool. I said, back when I got here, it was like blues was king because Stevie Ray Vaughan had just broken nationwide. Yeah, that makes sense. And so Austin had a tradition of like a sort of cosmic cowboy Willie Nelson uh, singer-songwriter and and country music. But when that was king, all these guys moved from Dallas, right? The Vaughan brothers, all these people came down and started cultivating this blues scene. And it hit its zenith, sort of the fruition and explosion of that was right when I moved here. Every doorway was like, (laughs) everybody was trying to play the blues, like every single, but then there were all these other awesome scenes, you know, there was, there was the the big boys, which I, who I just missed, but the butthole surfers were just coming up Yeah, and there was all, all this alternative, like punk rock and, um, rock and roll and everything did cross pollinate, you know, the rock and roll had a lot of roots to it. It was just amazing. It was an amazing place after, you know, coming from a town where, like, Laredo was pretty, you know, there wasn't... The live music scene was a Holiday Inn. Top 40. Yeah. 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 That's all you would hear is Top 40. So to come here and hear all this... In Southern California, it was all the big, you know, either metal or, you know, Nirvana was the number one band, I think, when I moved here. And so the music business is out there. And then they would show up for a week, you know, in March here in Austin. So you got to see bands from out of town and around the world and see Robin Hitchcock walking around. And uh, And, and pre-internet, this this place was such a great incubator because nobody knew what was happening. You had to actually be here to see what was happening. But when it's kind of like you could really get your act together here because you could play every week if you wanted. And then, you know... Oh, then you could start going to Dallas and Houston and sort of start seeing how you do. And then you could do like a, a full on tour. But by the time you really were playing New York, LA, you had your act together because you had a lot of time to hone it. It was just a really friendly, cool place to do it in. Yeah. That's, and I mean, there's so many venues that you could like play at almost every night. It seems like, well, Um, yeah, it depends on what kind of band. I mean, if you're original rock band, probably not because people are coming to sit and listen. But if you were in a band like the Derailers, who was like a kind of a country western sort of honky tonk band that people dance to, you could definitely play every night. Oh yeah, people want people. (laughs) Dale Watson still does it. Yeah, he plays just about every. He's in Europe right now, but. That guy, you can see him. Any- you know, you, you were just saying that you've done, this is probably your 20th South by Southwest, like something 18, like 20, that, something yeah. like that. Are you guys just over it now? Is it, or is it still? Uh, I was over it a long time ago, but I think they're scaling it back. It seems a lot cooler this year because it doesn't seem as insane. Yeah. In my mind, there's no reason for Jay-Z or Lady Gaga or any of those people to be playing this festival. They're supposed to be about discovering new music. They yeah. just make it, they draw all the eyeballs and attention away from everybody else yeah like these bands you're talking about you know they're the ones that should be getting the buzz that's the future of music yeah so so i can you know i can understand if samsung pays who you know jay-z or whoever you know three million dollars to come play for an hour right they're like cool let's just take the jet and yeah plunk down in austin for a day and then head out to wherever so so yeah. i can see their point of view but i just i don't really i don't think it belongs at a festival like this and and this year there isn't the biggest band uh this year is uh like weezer although yeah. supposedly spoon suppo- yeah. yeah although supposedly Gar- garth brooks is playing tomorrow so yeah probably. everybody keeps saying that well that's, that's the a rumor ru- that's a rumor it's official now 
Okay. Our, our okay. intern Michelle has informed us that Garth Brooks is indeed playing. The people have spoken. <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed. Uh, Whether he so, wants to or not, he's, yeah. he's been willed to so play. So when you moved here in 84, was it from Laredo or something Yeah, else? Laredo, yeah. So how did you find yourself musically being in a place that didn't have so much live music? How did I? Well, I started playing like backyard parties and stuff. Yeah. But there was no one to watch. Like there was no one to learn from. And I remember really clearly, you know, back then again, there was no, now you want to learn something, just get on YouTube. You can learn anything. Someone will show you how to do it. But back then there wasn't any way. You're like, how is he playing that? I don't know. And you'd listen to the record over and over and try to figure it out. There's no live footage on YouTube. You just had to sit there and hope that you could figure And you'd learn it, and you'd invariably learn it wrong. Of course. Yeah. And then, But then, like, I'll never forget, I saw, I was at Antone's, and Los Lobos was in town, and, and two of the guys from Los Lobos got on stage and started playing, and it was amazing. And when they got off stage, I was like, what is that chord? And it was a David Hidalgo, I think, from Los Lobos, and he just goes, it's just this, man, hang on. And he went and got a guitar and actually showed me the blues, the ninth chord. That's like, right on, yeah. he showed me that chord because I couldn't figure out what it was. And he, and he goes, it's just like this. And you can't get, you couldn't get that in Laredo, that access to like your, these pe- people on a national level mm-hmm. and, and the opportunity maybe to hang out with them, talk with them, get them to teach you something. <laughs> it's funny you should mention Los Lobos. I mean, I used to go see those guys at Cathay de Grand in Hollywood with like the knitters and rank and file with Alejandro and yeah. and Los Lobos was the best not just to play like Latin style uh conjunto and tejano but they played rhythm and blues and rock and roll and they were just killer. Yeah. So and they'd already been doing it by you know since like 72. Those guys have been playing since they and they had hair down to here and they were still <laughs> playing blues and and rock and roll. Yeah, they feel like they've been playing forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> so some of the same influences you know it's just like he couldn't really see them until until you know a certain time yeah so how did you guys connect how did you meet in, in here in austin it was just like a weird twist of fate because really weird because what joey didn't join right all yeah. these things kind of lined up so i'd actually moved out to berkeley california for a while with my girlfriend and um that was like such a kind of rude awakening. It's like you go out there and try and do the same thing you're doing here, and it's just not as easy, man. It's yeah. it's he a little more there when I was here. a little more competitive and a little more big time. And bands weren't so willing to be like. It just wasn't as easy to get around either. It's become more like Austin. The way Austin's become now yeah. is the way it was there. But back when I moved here, this place was shangri-la yeah it was easy, so easy to get around there was no traffic it was easy to park yeah. dirt cheap to live here yeah so real cheap it was a perfect breeding ground you know but yeah, I, for, for I, music music and culture right yeah. so what happened was there was a guy named beaver nelson and his record company wanted him to hook up with kind of younger hipper dudes yeah <laughs> and he's like <laughs> you need a new band and so he put the word out and t- he knew tony and he got Tony and this other guy, this drummer, whose name was Jamie Reedling. Jamie Reedling. And they <laughs> became Beaver Nelson's rhythm section. They started playing around with my best friend, Paul Minor, joined right. on guitar. Right. So it was those four guys. And I was still in California. And then Jamie bailed. He had to go surfing. He could not hang. <laughs> and Joey became our drummer. And, and so now it's Joey and Tony. Right. Paul and things and just sort of. Just didn't really happen with the Beaver Nelson project. But they did a record. We did. We went to Memphis and recorded a record. Amazing experience going to Ardent. Yeah. You know, talking about ZZ Top Records and, and uh, you know, Big Star and all that. Jody Stevens from Big Stars was one of the owners of Ardent at the time. Oh, right probably yeah. still is. But, you know, after a month at, in Memphis... Couldn't really get it together. The tracks were not happening. And um, those guys took off to L.A. to mix. And while they were there, uh, got a call from 
Beaver, who basically fired me. Uh, yeah, you're fired. Can you tell Joey he's fired? <laughs> so uh, he okay. Call Joey. So he fired. He fired the rhythm section. Yeah, fired uh, the rhythm section, and we're like, you know, we're floating free, and and I, I try to do something. Joey's doing something, but then he coincidentally decides to come back to. Austin. I came back to Austin, and and I had already played in a band with Joey. Right. I was in a band with Joey called Big Car that actually got signed, big, huge record deal, the whole bit. So we'd already kind of been through the washing machine once. Yeah. And in so the, I, in I, late twenties, yeah. we're like twenty-seven. Yeah. We weren't. We weren't young kids anymore. And I called Joey and said, "I'm, you know, I'm looking to put together a band." He goes, "I know just the guy." He's like, "I know just the guy to play bass," and it was Tony. Yeah. So he introduced me to Tony, and we hung out for one evening, just sort of hanging out and look, checking out each other's record collections. We're like, yeah, let's do this. And then it just started to move really fast. Very like, quick. Like, like we rehearsed, and I got home from our first rehearsal, which was really great. And then, and then jo- Joey, the phone rang, and Joey said, uh, you want to play a show tomorrow night? So we did our first show the day after we played together for the first time. No way. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, we only did four or five songs, yeah. but that's how fast things started. And to then move. we started moving into the studio right away too. He we had went, free we did recording a of time. Things. Yeah, um, there was some free recording time available in Dallas, Dallas, and we went and we recorded two songs, put that onto a seven-inch uh, colored vinyl, and you know that's just our first little project. Yeah, and uh, then we were doing some stuff down here with the Hamstein people. And yeah, we got we got like a record deal in, in about a year. So so it really ha- it really moved fast. When I actually moved here, I wasn't sure where I was going to move, and I decided to give Austin like one more try. But I had, I was staying on my sister's couch, like in Santa Cruz. Okay, and I was like, uh, okay, I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy a return ticket, and it's gonna be a month out. I'm gonna give it one month, and if nothing's happening in a month, I'm gonna go somewhere else. I didn't know where. And right away, I met Tony. We played our first show. We did a record. We did the recording session. So within a month, I came home with a demo tape, everything, and I just moved all my stuff yeah. into a car and drove to Austin. So, so from one month to almost twenty years. Yeah, because it because <laughs> it ended up working out really good. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, it's yeah. I mean, we we formed in '94, summer of '94. So there you it's go. More than twenty years. years. Yeah. Um, my. One thing I knew, I knew that stuff was going great was when we got taken to New York for CMJ. Oh, yeah. And we saw Supergrass play at this party, oh, you know. Love Supergrass. Like yeah, that was Up on the 10th yeah. floor of this abandoned building, you know. Cool. And just packed full of people. And we saw a lot of great stuff. And just, you know, I'd never been to New York City before myself. Yeah. They had, but I was like, man, there's just no other way. There's no other way. And we're just like. You know, and there was a little bit of, you know, um, I guess a a low point was when we, like, made a record. The record was pretty good. We Was this this, uh, the Make Your Mama Proud? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was the best record we could have made at the time, for sure. Yeah. And we... um, but they didn't. The record company didn't no, support it at all. No, they figured out. Yeah. I mean, they. Did, I mean, I don't think they even knew it was out. You know, they just. They just. <laughs> they, they there was a lot going stuff. on there. <laughs> yeah. That label was like, you know, all over the board musically. They had a bunch of different bands that never really, yeah, did very much. And so by the time that was recorded, we went on the road and we had, you know, you know, playing for thirty people if we we're lucky. Um, we I got just a good remember tour with Matthew Sweet. I just remember calling uh, the guy at the radio at the record company and saying, "How many records did we sell last week?" And he said, "You sold uh, forty-two. And, I, and we're beating our brains out of the road. I'm like, forty-two <laughs> records. I'm like, I could sell forty-two records a week at home on my bicycle. Yeah, like yeah. I could go door to door. That's only six a day. Yeah, right. I think I could do that. Why are we? You know, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. but it's be, you know, it was a different. I mean, now now forty two would be really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you could get anybody to buy it, it'd be really good. <laughs> That's our goal. That'd be a yeah, smash. Yeah. 
<laughs> but for a label back then, it was like that's yeah, not. That's, oh, that's, that's not even. No, that's not what they want. You're to not see moving the needle at all. I yeah. mean, that's just an out and out failure. And I think it's probably sold like a thousand copies, and we should have been dropped. But all again, the weird, the hands we of fate. We fell through the cracks. Yeah, the hands of fate. Uh, the guy, the president of the label, got fired, so there wasn't anyone to fire us. <laughs> there wasn't anyone to drop, <laughs> to drop us. us. Yeah. yeah. And so then we, our, went in for our, we, we snuck record. in. The R&R guy asked the accountant, essentially, if we could do another album. The accountant said, I don't care because I'm going to be fired too. <laughs> so, so go ahead. All labels in and the he 90s. signed off. <laughs> and we got another big chunk of money to do the record. And that one proved to be the one. Yeah. And I then mean, everybody, everybody just started moving to the label from other places. Yeah. Yeah, the new president was... It was a really serendipitous time and... Yeah. you know opportunity um and they heard a single yeah and well there's actually there was a guy at the label who radio guy who also was like i'm gonna get fired i need to work something yeah and he picked our song and, and took it out there and it just blew up and was that the way yeah yeah and so. i mean so that that it was just all very serendipitous it all it was all like after banging our heads against the wall collectively for like 10 years and nothing happening. All of a sudden, everything was happening. It was just crazy, you know. Yeah, it just was, you can't plan this stuff. No, it's I just, mean, I just, wasn't prepared personally. I mean, for the workload, and yeah. and uh, I had a young family too. It was really weird and hard, and and you know, I, um, gosh, so busy. We were just on the road for three years straight, and Jeez. we. Um, did TV and we went around the world, went to different countries and yeah. What was your what was your like typical schedule like? I'm sure typical is probably not, not um, the right word. Wake for up at five thirty yeah. lobby call, go to morning radio, do five morning radio performances, Fuck interviews, that. or something. <laughs> Phoners <like> that. <laughs> during the day. Oh yeah. Um, maybe another kind of TV thing. No, you'd afternoon. have to do an in store as well. Yeah, an in store. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you got to give that night at like twelve thirty or whatever mm-hmm. and. It's just it pounds you into the dirt. The thing is, it'd be okay, I guess, if you were like right after the gig, okay, let's get some shut eye. Yeah. But that's not what happens because you've that's been working. You no, your brains <laughs> out. You've been working all day long. Yeah. You know, you've been all you've been doing is singing and shaking hands and signing stuff, and like finally you have some time to have some fun and let it out. Yeah. yeah. And so of course, and there's always a big party. So it it's definitely like a young man's game. You know, it's like it yeah. it it really is. Uh, Back then, I don't know what it's like now, but back then, that kind of you were expected to do that every day, and it, and you wanted to do it. You wanted as many people to hear you as, as yeah. possible. I mean, that's what you dreamed about, right? That's what you yeah. signed up for. Yeah. But you definitely, you know, it's definitely an endurance. It's, it's an intensathon, you know, because you're you're just burning the candle at both ends. And oh man, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, but so, I mean, when do you sleep? Like this? You don't really. I mean, <laughs> you you sleep. I just remember finally coming off the road for a break, like. I guess it was around Christmas time or whatever. And I'd, I'd been living in my friend's basement, so I didn't really have a fixed address yet. And I saw no reason to get one because we were just on tour yeah, all the time. Yeah. So I was staying at my sister's house in her uh, guest bedroom, and she had some lawn guy come over at 7 or 8 in the morning. And I immediately just grabbed the phone because I thought I was in a hotel. And I, I punched zero, and I'm waiting. I, I was going to scream at the front desk to like yeah. tell them to knock it off. I'm trying to get some sleep. And I realized I was at my sister's house. <laughs> that's, that's, how, like, that's how crazy everything had gotten. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why musicians, you know, the cliche is they don't know. How can you not remember the town you're in? Like, hello, yeah. uh, Cleveland, and you're yeah. actually in Minnesota. Really how could you? Right. The reason is you're around the same people every day. Yeah. They never change. I see him every day. You see, you see, <laughs> well, you, you see the guitar the tech. The you see the guitar <laughs> tech. The cities are the same. You're delirious. Pretty you've been well, partying. You've been working. You're always on the bus, so you're just yeah. your whole work space is the same. And then the backstages are all just this crappy little place with a yeah. moth-eaten couch and some chips and dip and like and then there's a stage and then there's a cooler full of beer so you do this every day yeah your workplace environment essentially stays the same it's like groundhog day and oh. and yet you're in a different town and people are like god it's amazing you get to go all over you're like yeah but i don't see anything yeah 
Yeah, when, yeah, but yeah. You don't. It's not like you have time to go sightseeing not really. and not usually. Hang out. Not if you have to work every day. Yeah, and you have to be in a different town. Yeah. So if you have a few days off, then that possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, that that record obviously exploded. I think it sold like what, like a million copies in yeah. six months. Which now, you know, you would get, you know, like the the biggest award of all time if you could sell a million yeah, copies in six months. It's a different yeah. beast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, how have you guys kind of navigated through that the music industry changing and you know? I don't know. Well, it our, depends. Se- our third album, I mean, didn't it? Even that would be considered a massive success today. I mean, it was about a hundred thousand copies. Yeah, yeah, that would today, be tops on that, Billboard. Yeah, you know, that's great success, but um, it wasn't then. In two thousand, that was not a success, and we were, you know. That was it for us. We weren't really, and plus we were like losing our mojo as a band. We weren't really hanging out. We weren't really working together. Mm. Um, Joey and I joined some other band for a while that was yeah, here. We, we, we just, it was just focus was, we were still together, you know, and we actually played shows once in a while, but you know, it took a long time for us to come back together and then we made, what was it? Keep your wig on, I guess. Yeah, I got you know the record industry back then was real, especially for a band like us, which no one had heard of, and then suddenly had songs on the radio, and then that you know people just it's feast or famine. Yeah, you know, ideally you can build your thing up slowly over time, build, sure. cultivate this big fan base, and then like and spoon. then have hits like Spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like I was thinking of like Metallica. You know how yeah. they did it. They, they didn't really have a song on the mouth, radio till letters. tape trading. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's ideal. But we, you know, whatever it happened the way it happened for us. Yeah. Um, uh, all you got, all you can do is play the hands you're dealt or whatever the shot in front of you and right now the shot in front of us is is and for i I would argue for any artist is you don't worry about everybody you just worry about your base your core yeah you work on your fans service your fans and make them happy and you in this day and age it's easier than ever to know who those people are yeah because they're they're gonna seek you out yeah they're gonna message you they're gonna tweet about you they're gonna it's easy to know who they are those are the people you worry about take care of you know primarily we're making music for ourselves those are the people that have stuck through us yeah stuck with us through thick and thin and then you know you try to just grow it from there um it isn't the, the same world as like oh we could have a huge hit song and then and then yeah then. i mean for some people it is but I, there's have you noticed rock and roll is as far as that goes is sort of dead in terms of radio yeah hits yeah and the hits big, are all electronic big, yeah though, they are you know? i mean things have moved on you know yeah. it's not the same yeah, I mean, there's still a few bands I think that are, you know, carrying the torch. Spoon, like you said, being one of them, you know. But it, yeah, for the most part, the radio is all, you know, four on the floor beats, uh-huh. and you know, yeah. everything's got a, a backing track and right. synths and and lots of, sorts of stuff. Yeah, lots of uh, tracks. Yeah, and you always yeah. assume things are gonna come back, but I don't think that's the correct way to look at stuff. Yeah. I. I <laughs> You know, jazz never came back as, yeah. a, dom- as, <laughs> yeah. a, as yeah. a dominant force. Right. You know? Right. It's, it still exists, but it never came back. Yeah. Same way that classical music never came back. It's like things move. I think they keep moving in yeah. ahead. And so I don't know what the reaction is going to be to all this dance yeah. music, but I don't think it's going to be. Well, speaking of that, you stuff. know, the whole, I never would have been aware of the current top 40 uh, climate if it weren't for that machine gun Kelly track that they use out of my head on. Yeah. yeah. And for, you know, uh, actually my son, who's five, he listens to the hip hop stations, right? He wants to hear, you know, the mix and, um, he likes Drake and he likes, you know, uh, what's the, uh, race, race rumored, you know, the black Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Race. They just played last night. Those guys are awesome, (laughs) man. And, uh, you know, I never would have heard that if, and these are really popular acts are huge. They're on the pop charts, you know yeah. I mean? The pop charts today are mainly hip hop and electronic music um, with a couple of little like pop rock and, you know, and then you have, uh, you know, like R&B, like Bruno Mars and sure. stuff, straight R&B kind of doing that. And, you know, 
I don't know where I was going with this, but, (laughs) you know, it is different. It is totally different. There are rock bands and there are rock scenes, but they're not on the mainstream radio. Um, Right. So I guess what I was saying was there was a time and a place for the certain kind of music. That's the kind of music that that, that our peers... Alternative rock was the king of... Yeah, of that time, 90, right. oh, 97 to yeah. nine to, to two thousand two, it was just massive. Yeah, well, I mean, after Nirvana and the whole grunge exactly. scene and everything, it was exactly. like that was. I mean, before yeah. that, it was rock. It was like you know, because of Guns and Roses. Yeah, and yeah. so the Cult and Guns and Roses, the new Metallica, yeah. you know, so to speak, and yeah, but and now that was big then, and then then Meat Puppets and Nirvana and. Butthole Surfers had a hit on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. On our label, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Electric Larryland. Yeah. But now, like (laughs) like you said, now the the rock stars of our day are the Drakes and Ray Strumman. Totally. You know, like... you know, people. I guess some people got offended by them calling themselves the Black oh, Beatles. So bitching. You know, but that song's amazing. Yeah, it's a great song. They, they yeah. name drop Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how did you feel about MGK using your 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 song like that? I, I was like, please make this be a hit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, bring it I don't know. <laughs> I I because I got it. And we have a publishing agent yeah. who fields our songs and you know and tries to get licensing for it. Sure. Tries to make money. Yeah. That's what you got to do. And he just goes, check. He always gives me something like every couple of weeks. Can you do, you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And he played, he goes, check out this file. Tell me what you think. And can they go ahead? And I'll try to get a certain, you know, percentage of it. So uh, I listened to it and I was like, well, it's not just a little bit trashy but it's like and and i didn't know anything about you know what the charts look like today yeah they're trashy yeah yeah. they're way trash oh super trashy and it's it's like like, (laughs) you know and i got a five-year-old who's addicted to you know the top 40 radio yeah i just don't even i just pretend like he's listening to something in swedish (laughs) and uh and uh (laughs) but so you know i go well it's 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 not terrible he's not talking about kicking her ass he's not talking about you know yeah whatever un you know ungodly thing and um i didn't think it was awesome or anything i mean it's okay you know it's cool yeah. i don't i don't really know how to do any of that stuff so it's a different it's totally different take yeah and so i was like okay and that's it that's the extent of it i didn't have to do anything else yeah and then i watched it climb the charts yeah again <laughs> and i was like <laughs> yeah. to, to be able to do that again after 20 years is it's pretty amazing yeah to have your, your one of your songs have a like total second life almost yep. in a completely new genre and a, with a completely new. And spin. for me, if it's if it's happening, you know, personally for me, then I start paying attention. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. I could give a shit about the charts until yeah. I have something. Until you're on yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I mean that's kind of the case though, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you, obviously you've still been making records, still been doing stuff. Um, right. Miles, I know like you, did you actually write some songs with Spoon? Yeah. And then, and then like the Andy Warhols and some yeah. other stuff. Have you both been writing for other artists too? Like, or. I mean, I love to do that kind of stuff, but. It, we've it, both done a little. I've done a little. He's done a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. What what songs did you write for, for Spoon? I'm, I'm, I just co-wrote uh, something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. On okay. Kill the Moonlight. Yeah. Great. Great album, great song. Yeah. And um Brit's an old friend. Yeah. yeah. We used to play the same shows, you know. Yeah. yeah. Same bills back in ninety five when they were a very different band. They were Yeah. This sort of nerdy three piece with a girl bass player. Yeah, yeah. Making like like two minutes. They, they sounded like yeah. a cross between Guided by Voices and uh Richard uh uh what's his name? Uh Modern Lovers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Jonathan Rich. Jonathan Rich. Yeah, yeah. And then over time just became like one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. But again, they're like that kind of band, like you were saying, they had that kind of slow, slow climb. Slow, slow steady climb, album after album. It's like barbecue. Like good yeah. barbecue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing it back to the awesome Social barbecue. Distortion, too. Yeah. I mean, they're huge now. And, yeah. and uh, you know, they were just... Uh, they had to slug it out for decades, literally decades. Yeah. 
And, you know, now they're internet. You can't walk into, you know, if, you, if you're going to any coffee shop or store or anything and you hear the way you're out of my head, everybody knows those songs. You yeah, know? but I can still stand there and nobody will know any connection that there's a connection between my face and the music that, they're hearing. Yeah. That sounds like or, a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I would love actually, that. In this, day, cool. in this day and age, it is. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. The new... The new, the new media. Everyone posting to Facebook. The new, look no, I mean the new. No the new, selfies. Or... I was gonna say, anonymity is the new famous. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Fame yeah. used to be a rare thing. Now it's gonna be. A, now anonymity is gonna be the most sought after because everybody now is photographed. Everybody's on tape. Everybody is being surveyed. Sounds like a Philip K. Dick. And so yeah, I love being. I love being anonymous. I love that no one knows who I am. I love yeah. just being a regular dude, and I, the le- less people, the better. I mean, it, we do this for a living, so obviously you want people to come to the show and you want people to know who Fastball are, but I almost, at this point, want to be like the residents or something and wearing some sort of, or Slipknot, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, wear a mask. Well, yeah, yeah. because it's yeah. a pain in the butt. I wouldn't want to have to put up with the little fame I experienced. I enjoyed it, but that was a much different time. Yeah. Not everybody had a camera on their phone. Yep. We got in just got in and out just before all that stuff happened. Yeah, you and can now, still go to the store. Now people, well, you know. I just couldn't imagine people bothering you twenty four seven if yeah. you're famous just to get. I got to get that picture to prove I was with you. Yeah, yeah. Because I won't feel valid or important unless I'm with you know. It's a sick minded. It's weird. Yeah. It's just run amok. I think we all suffer from it. You too. know. I mean, yeah. I get starstruck all the time. And during South by Southwest, you know, you're yeah. around. All kinds of famous people, and there is that sort of tendency to want to claim presence. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. there. I yeah, was... I, yeah, I was in that moment. And I saw, you know, I got to meet this person. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so yeah. I'm better. So I'm better. <laughs> right. so I'm better than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. let me touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> but then you need you need the picture to prove it. You know, you got to post it to your Instagram, or it didn't happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's nutty. Yeah. May 19th, Step Into Light, new album. Yeah. You guys were, did you do a Kickstarter for it? No, or? well, sort of. A pledge music. Pledge music. Pledge music. Yeah. Another, like, like Kickstarter, but for bands, <laughs> specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically. They just it's do music. It's less beggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. We I, provide yeah. many, many incentives for people to contribute. And yeah. um, I've even, you know, pillaged my personal memorabilia collection, really? things like, you know. Old rec, old you know, rare releases. I'd love to get that colored seven inch vinyl you're talking about. I should have brought you one. (laughs) It's only a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I might consider that. No, we have plenty. Believe me, only only two takers for that. Actually, (laughs) really, maybe not the couple of things. I I even I I put up this uh, uh, Vivian Westwood tie that I wore for a, a a couple of photos for. A harsh light of day and also like a shirt that i wore in the out of my head video no yeah. takers whatsoever really people um, don't want our personal effects no. <laughs> they're like oh, and i i, I can't fit in these shirts i put There's no way i put up a i put up a pillowcase from the fire escape video i thought people would want that nobody wanted it but they did. <laughs> a pillowcase with well, your face with my, on maybe it's that my face is on it. nobody they wanted your face want yeah but yeah. but they did want the coffee mug interesting oh. it's an interesting thing yeah no pillowcase. That's too personal. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> weird. Your head's, your head's on that. So weird. Yeah. What's that been? Soiled <laughs> How many times has that been laundered? <laughs> but the coffee cup, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I want it. Sold yeah. like in seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, this goes back to what you were saying, though, is that now with music, you have to take care of your base, you know, your hardcore base. And something like a pledge music campaign allows you to... You know, well, really cater the, to those the main fans. thing is there's there are no more record companies per se. Yeah, and yeah. they were the Medici's of the time. Right, and artists always need a Medici. You always need a patron to help you do your thing all through history. You know, it's, it's appropriate. Uh, yeah. appropriate. Well, there are no yeah. more now. They needed to go too. And so, yeah. <laughs> so what's happened now is it's it's you'll see everybody on there on Pledge Music. I mean, everybody. So it's like. 
it's just it's just a way for the fans kind of to buy the record. Okay, at the bare minimum, buy the record in advance. I was going to buy it anyways. I'll buy it pre-order. now yeah. to help you, you know, that get it off the ground. That doesn't sound beggy. Pre-order. Pre-order does not sound beggy. Well, it's yeah. not. It shouldn't be. It's not begging. It's just. It's just. We made music. Do you want the music? Yeah. And if you want some of other stuff, then you can have it. It's. It's just. I think it's a good, healthy thing in lieu of in lieu of having that other stuff because the stuff is still it's still somewhat expensive to do these things it's not like free yeah no and people I mean, no music just doesn't just appear but you people know? <laughs> yeah. increasingly want content for free it doesn't matter if it's yeah if it's music journalism movies yeah they're just there's this this thing that's come over the culture, like it should cost next to nothing. Yeah. I don't care how much that movie costs to make. Yeah. I should be able to see it for free. Of course. Or for, for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> Along with all the all other the movies other in the world. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's I, I don't think it's any accident that you're seeing more and more um surefire stuff like Batman. Superman versus Batman. Yeah. Iron Man versus Captain oh, Marvel, man. like like <laughs> it's it's they can't even do just one superhero oh, anymore. You got to no people are getting tired of that, so you got to load the deck. It's like, hey, how about a movie with like a character I've never heard of and yeah. a story I've never? Oh no, that's too way risky. Yeah, no yeah. one wants to pay for this stuff. Yeah, so you're really risking it. It's it's really in a we're gonna hit some sort of wall. I have no doubt. Yeah, that, that where I don't know what's gonna come after that, but. Things are on kind of a race to the bottom, in, yeah. in the sense of <laughs> in the album. sense of uh, <laughs> in the sense of of uh, the culture just becoming more and more. I don't know. Let me put it this way: when 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 um, you think of Frank Sinatra and Frank Sinatra records yeah. and the cars that were around when Frank Sinatra was making records, he had this huge orchestra, yeah, and this everybody's in suits and it's beautiful ballroom being performed and everyone's driving these huge huge cars with lots of room and it's like everything is everything culture wise has has gotten kind of more cheaper more efficient and Mm -hmm. and easier to use but at the but at the cost of all that luxury and all that comfort and Mm -hmm. all that room and all that time it's all shrunken down now and it's convenient certainly but it's kind of a drag I, you yeah. know, but what are you going to do? You got to live in the time you're in. Yeah. So yeah, for better, for worse, for yeah. better, for worse, and but mostly it, worse. But I'm wondering <laughs> how much smaller it can get. Yeah. And how much more compacted, and how, how you know. Yeah. Well, that's why I mean, like now, like the record labels don't know what to do because it's like you can't, you know, sign you're, kids. You're yeah. You're, As you're, always, sign kids. Sign kids. Yeah. But but, but then you know, you can make records on your laptop, especially if you're making dance kind of yeah. music yeah and so there to focus on the positive if if you're some kid and you you don't need to go to a record company you could conceivably make stuff in your bedroom put it up on isn't that how justin bieber got started yeah, yeah sort of. uh, youtube right yeah and there, so there's a, so that's a whole other avenue that didn't exist it's, yeah. it's being able to just publish yourself put put the videos out yourself make cheap videos yeah uh start cranking out tracks put them up online yeah. and start garnering a base without ever having to leave your house, you yeah. know? And then when the time's right, you know, you never know. Something could, all it takes is for something to be super infectious. Yeah. Like, have you heard on. this uh, app, pineapple pen? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Apple, apple pen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. like 80 gazillion yeah. views. Yeah. What the, what is How that How long about? did you think it took that dude to make that song? Not, not One long. take. An oh, hour? Yeah. It's a, it's really an earworm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, hear yeah. it once and you're like, yeah. I got to hear it again. Yeah, yeah. But uh, d- for at least a week. Yeah, for, <laughs> and then, then, then something else will take over. But um, you mentioned, you know, the, the music videos and YouTube culture and everything. And I know you guys actually shot your yeah, latest music video like right right around the corner from uh-huh. here. Right uh, at what was the name of the venue? We were Strange Brew. Strange Brew, which has since closed, but. Um, and you were what the the last people to perform at Strange Brew? Well, um, it was my band Renfro was the oh, last. Okay. We played the last night that they were open, and we were the last band that night. So, oh man! Yeah, but you we were able to uh, 
digitize it, I guess, or you know, formalize Strange Brew in music video form. Sort know? of, yeah. It's, yeah. Next, it's the next area next door. Oh, okay, yeah, the, like the coffee. It's um, all in that building, yeah. yeah. But we did three videos in three days. That's really? right, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Thank, really. Thanks to Nigel Dick, the famous video director from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, directed uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, right on. Uh, he directed Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, oh. and he directed uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World and Wonderwall by Oasis. So he's oh, wow. amazing, yeah. amazing talent. And, and Whoops, he, I Did It Again. <laughs> and, and every Nickelback video. And hit, <laughs> everyone. Hit, me, everyone. <laughs> hit me, baby, one more time. Right. Yeah, and so you, you linked up with him and you did three videos in three days. Yeah. And the but only the first is only the first one out. Yeah, right now. Yeah, we right just now, yeah. are working on this one and and just sort of focusing. Next on month, that. the next one will be out. Right, and then the next. And then month. the last one will come out when the record is coming out. And do you find that that you know is videos or videos got to be the best way to to reach people these days? I think right? so. It sure is powerful. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're lucky enough to be able to get a guy like Nigel to come to your town, yeah, and have his shit together so much that all you have to do is do exactly what he says. Yeah. And you're, he's out of there within a week and you've got a powerful thing there. You've got three things, three, you know, silver bullets in the clip ready to be, you know, used at any time. It's a great, it's a great little promotional thing. And they're there. What I like is they're there. You know, I don't want to use the word forever, but they're there. In other words, once you put them up, they're there yeah. for people to come across whenever they do. Yeah, and it's so, not like people having to catch the viewing on MTV or something. Right, like that. yeah. Th- those are the upsides of, yeah. of our culture is to move from appointment television, appointment right. this, where you had to make an, you had to sit and wait yeah. to where you can have it any time. You can show people on the other side of the world. Yeah. So that's all amazing and, stuff. And then the people that are really into it can consume it over totally. and over and, and over they again. Can, yeah. And then you invariably kind of hear from them or, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's just cool that that side of it's cool. And, you know, I've noticed that younger people, that's the first place they go. If you, if you mention a song, like you ever yeah. heard, maybe I'm amazed by Paul McCartney. They don't go to Spotify. Yeah. Even Before they go, you're done talking they're on they're YouTube watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll find <laughs> a video. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they listen to it is just go straight to YouTube and yeah. grab it. So the album comes out in May and then uh-huh. are you going to do uh, you know, a big yes. tour? Yeah. Uh, we're going on this massive two-month tour with Everclear and Vertical Horizon. That and sounds that like tour the awesome starts, tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it starts in uh, Portland on May 10th. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Something like that. And then you're going to hit the, the rest of the And that goes country. all yeah. the way through July 1st. Wow. And if you go to fastballtheband.com, all the shows are there. And then we're going to take like three weeks off and hit the road again. And, and so... You know, there's a good chance you'll be able to see us. Yeah. Are you coming to Tampa by any chance? Coming to not Florida? yet. We, are, we don't have oh. anything for. But I do love. All, I yeah. do love Tampa, and I'm not just. We saying We played that. the Super Bowl yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, man, it what was, was that? Giants Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what. No, it's like 38 or something. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah Raymond James Stadium. That's right. That was before. Uh, that was pre-wardrobe uh, malfunction Super Bowl, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? I, yeah. We also played there uh, right after the old stadium had been knocked down, so the rubble of the old stadium was there. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And then uh, we played in the new one. It was a weird radio show we played. Oh, we were only there for a minute, too. We played with Cheap Trick. Great. Oh yeah, they they still live in the area. So. What? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Robin, uh, Robin Zander. Zander. Robin Zander. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you do like Tampa? We're not. You're not just saying that. No, I love it. I love that. Is it Ybor City? How do you Ybor say City? Ybor City. Ybor City. Yeah, that's the Dolly Museum. Yeah. 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 No, oh, yeah. I dig. I dig it. Ybor's oh. the home. Ybor's yeah. home. That yeah. place is I, sick. I yeah. I dig all I the mean, little disease. cafes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love all the little cafes and stuff and you got some cool restaurants it's fun how yeah. about the flamenco yeah. dancing i don't do you remember we you, went to you, dinner you did some flamenco that dance? spanish restaurant and they had flamenco <laughs> yeah i do dancing. remember the columbia restaurant okay. is that yeah. is it still there yeah they have locations all over florida now 
Wow. Yeah, yeah they've expanded. So, see, you got to come back. You got to come to Tampa. Well, we want to. We will. It's just really the way these things work is someone has to put up the money to bring you to town. That's yeah. the key. That's, That's people key. just think that like you, yeah. you just, like a, just call up, and just yeah, show yeah. up, just just roll up and uh, and play. It doesn't just, work. Just like show that. up with your guitar. I love. There was a tweet I retweeted from the Danny Warhols. Was really hilarious. Where this guy was like, I guess he lives in Africa and was like, "You got to come to Johannesburg. You could fly coach." And and there's a cheap place you could stay and 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 food's on me and the guy goes, the dandy tweeted oh honey that's not how bands in their forties tour <laughs> <laughs> so how do, how do bands in their forties well you're tour? not gonna break your back just to you know just to go to the, yeah breaking your back for nothing days or when you're in your twenties yeah. and when you you recharge it's like you'll do it but why okay why are we doing this yeah that's the foremost question i mean we love playing music but i have my own personal little metric it goes yeah. like this let me hear it is it gonna be fun i'll do it is it gonna be lucrative i'll do it now how fun and how lucrative uh. is the scales if it isn't yeah. If it's somewhat, <laughs> if it's somewhat fun and somewhat lucrative, I'll do it. But if it's not fun or lucrative, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hot crazy scale, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't happening, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right on. So I, I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited to hear new fastball music. You know, it's going to be great. Step into light is a really good record. Yeah, and I'm surprised because we did it so quickly. Because we did it in two weeks, because we were going to go on this tour and the tour fell through. But we were up, you know, at the time we recorded it, it was like we were on deadline. Yeah. So we didn't have any time really to stop and smell the roses. We we were literally, he'd be singing vocals upstairs, I'd be doing a guitar downstairs. And we oh never worked kind of at that clip. I yeah. mean, we're not, we don't sit around like Fleetwood Mac and take two years to make a record. Right. But we also have never done a record in two weeks and so yeah. this one is the land speed record cool <laughs> for sure <laughs> it's it's the fastest one and so then going back and listening to it you're like well it's fucking good man yeah sometimes the best records are like that you know yeah you just gotta, like, like the beatles first album yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and that's the other thing is it is expensive if you're you know, old school guitars and mics and and, and engineer and, and you're everything. paying for the day by the day yeah, yeah. so so it is good to get the work done as quick as you can. That's true. That's true. Well, so we're, we're pretty much out of time. All but, right. Uh, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so much to say. That was so, fun. No, there's always much work. But any final thoughts for our listeners? I ask every guest this. So any any last things you want to say? Could be about anything. I would say don't worry about tomorrow and don't fret on the past. Try to live every day. Just here and now. Just till you go to sleep. Enjoy your your life. It's important because it's temporary. Everything's temporary. That's yeah. That's what it is. Everything passes. Everything goes. And the thing is, everyone in our culture likes. We're obsessed with security. That's what it is. I want. I want to be safe, and I want to have enough money. And look, we're all gonna die. And really, we're all on a river, and stuff is constantly changing and moving. And you can never. Enter that same river twice. So enjoy your life. Enjoy it right now. This second. Is it Wybor City?